0: And here we go. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Reds Line. And I'm your host, Jared Roberts of Reds Nation number 4192. Today is April 3rd, 2019. It's a Wednesday. And what happened today? Well, I can tell you what didn't happen today a Reds base runner didn't cross home plate. That's right. The second shutout. In a really young season for the Cincinnati Reds offense. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, and that's two ladies and gentlemen really early in the show, but it was required. This is serious business. This offense is just not putting the ball in play. Remember yesterday on my game recap, I talked about how Davies, first inning it only took him eight pitches to get through the first? Well, well, how about you just guess how many pitches it took for Peralta to get through the first inning today against your Cincinnati Reds? I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it. I will give you a hint. It wasn't eight. Okay, you got me. Nine times. Nine times? Nine times. I'm looking at it right here, Mrs. Bueller on my computer screen. That's right. Nine pitches. Yesterday, first inning against the Cincinnati Reds offense took eight, Davies eight pitches. Today, Peralta against the Reds offense took nine pitches to get through the first inning. Do you think that's a recipe for success? Peralta went eight innings today. Allowed two hits only. Struck out 11. Walked none. Now I'm all for launch angle. I'm all for using the hips. I'm all for quick wrists right down to the ball. I'm all for all that good stuff. But Turner Ward, come on man. What's going on? I really think that I keep harping on the outfield rotation. But I'm telling you, it's affecting this entire team because right now Matt Kemp got his first hit today. But that's it. You know, um Jesse Winker still looking for a hit. Scott Shebler, I think, is still looking for a hit. The Reds are having some serious problems with this outfield rotation, and I know you're saying it's only five games in. It's only five games in. No, you're 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 100% right, but it's only five games in. They got swept by the Milwaukee Brewers, and they've been shut out twice. So it's not just five games in. This is a pattern. And what they've got to do right now is decide who is going to be in this lineup, Who's going to be in left and center field? It doesn't need to be Scott Schebler. I don't know if you saw that hit today by Pena, the one that scored Aguilar, the only run of the game. Scott Schebler, I'm not saying Billy Hamilton could have got that ball. I'm not saying that Kevin Pillar could have got to that ball. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Scott Schebler, when he got the baseball, he totally missed the cutoff, man. Didn't throw it to second base either. Pena advances to second because Scott Schubler threw wildly to home. And if you know anything about Scott Schubler, which, if you listen to this podcast, Reds Line, you know Scott Schebler is not a center fielder. And let me explain something to you else. They've tried to play him in right field, and he's not a right fielder because he has no arm. He's a left fielder. He's just a left fielder. That's it. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm just telling you, if that hurts your feelings, you need to probably find a safe space. Scott Schebler is a fine human being. I don't see anything wrong with him as a human being or a guy. He's probably a guy we'd like to all have a beer with and talk about uh, baseball. But he is a left fielder. He doesn't fit this team. And you saw it with a really bad play. Now... He was probably trying to catch Aguilar at home. Probably thought he could get him because Aguilar is a very slow individual. But you had no shot. So what do we got to do to straighten this out? Because, like I said, it is early in the season, but there's patterns forming. (laughs) hate to tell you this, Cucumber, but there's patterns forming. Let me repeat that. There is some patterns forming that's going on right here. Yesterday, first pitch, or first inning, eight eight pitches. Today, nine pitches. Got out of the inning. I couldn't believe it. So, where do we go from here? Like I said, they've got to decide on a lineup, decide on an outfield, and just move forward. The offense is too good to... Be like this, but the problem is when you got these guys in an outfield rotation, they're up there not getting enough reps, taking hacks. I will tell you this Jesse Winker had some really bad luck today. He hit a ball to the third base side and he whacked it. I'm sure, it was 90 95 miles an hour off the bat. Third baseman gobbled it up. And I don't mean gobbled it up, caught it on the fly. Feet up. Positioned it a little bit different. Any way, shape, or form. Came off the bat a little bit different. Jason Winker's probably sitting on second base. So I will tell you there's a little bit bad luck going in here. But look, the biggest thing is, and I hate to start off every show on the recaps, about this outfield rotation, but this is what they got to do. They got to decide who's their left fielder, and they got to take Scott Shubble out of center field. And I will tell you this. If you want to make Scott Shubble your left fielder, I guess you can. But he don't fit the lineup. you got Jesse Winker, who I always say is a 400-on-base percentage guy. He hasn't had a 400-on-base percentage yet, but he will. you just got to put that guy out there and write him for 152 games, 154 games. And at the end of the year, he'll be 380, 385, 383, 395. Maybe $400 on base percentage. That's what's going to happen. So I would go with Jesse Winker or release him. Release the wink. you got to do something. And right now, the Reds' philosophy of mix and matching these outfitters isn't working. You're not doing Winker any favors. You're not doing Kemp any favors. And Shebler, ladies and gentlemen, he's just on the wrong team. Plenty of teams need an outfielder. But right now, here's the problem, front office. You, you've waited so long past a good spring for Scott Shebler that now everybody sees these holes in Scott Shubler's swing if they didn't know about him before based on metrics and uh, advanced stats. So right now you've got a problem. You've got a guy who's flailing away at pitches, looks lost up there at the plate, horrible defensively center fielder now. And uh, you're kind of stuck right now. So, basically, what you need to do is you either need to, well, I'm not going to say that. I, I almost said trade Winker, throw Shebler in left field. But, no, you got to make a decision. You've got to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to put Winker in left. We're going to put Peraza in center. Dietrich at second and Iglesias at short until Nick Sensel gets back. And when Nick Senzel gets back from minor league rehab assignment, which it's not going to be a minor league rehab assignment, it's going to be just basically going back to the minor leagues. When he proves after two or three weeks that he's ready to rock, Jose Iglesias goes to the bench, and hopefully Dietrich, Peraza, and Winker are producing enough to help out this team. And then we got Scooter Jeanette going to be back 10 weeks from now, I think. So, let's talk about the game. Let's get off this Reds line edition of Game Recaps. So, how did uh, the Reds do? Well, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Game Recap. The score was 1-0. to zero. I think everybody knows by now. And how did that go down? It was a pitching duel, to be quite honest with you. Freddy Peralta, 22 years old, Milwaukee Brewers, was nothing short of brilliant. Eight innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, 11 Ks. And that's another thing the Reds got to stop is striking out. In fact, Puig came in to pinch hit. He struck out. Well, how was Castillo? Castillo was nothing short of brilliant himself. Luis Castillo's changeup is brilliant. Right-handed version of Johan Santana, the former Cy Young Award winner, the Minnesota Twins. Castillo struck out nine batters over seven innings, one hit, one run, but four walks. And that gets back to uh, Peralta. Over eight innings, he had thrown 100 pitches. And that's where the Reds have got to get efficient in the starting rotation. What am I trying to say is, you know, a lot of people were on David Bell for pulling disco at 89 pitches over 5 innings. But I agreed. Where was uh, Luis Castillo on the pitch count? Castillo was at 107 pitches over 7 innings. So... Seven more pitches over one less inning was how this ball game really was a difference because the walk was how that run scored in a buck, a walk and a buck, and then no offense. The buck was kind of uh, unfortunate. Uh, Votto wasn't uh, holding the runner, didn't have his foot on the base. Castillo, fake to throw to first, it's a balk. Probably a moment of uh, non-clarity for uh, Luis Castillo. And uh, it cost him, because without that balk, the score is still 0-0. Zero zero. But hey, here's the deal. you got to score more than zero runs to win. And right now, the Reds' offense is puttering. What do I mean by that? Jesse Winker, who everybody knows I'm a big fan of, he still hasn't got a hit. Shebler, who everybody knows I'm not a big fan of, struck out three times today. Still hasn't got a hit. So Matt Kemp, who's stuck in this rotation with uh, Jesse Winker, he got his first hit today. He's batting a 0.83 on the season, one hit. The Reds managed three hits. So they got three hits today, three hits shutout. The people that brought the hits were uh, Suarez, who finally broke out last couple games, doing pretty good. Continuing that today, got, a, got on base, got a knock. And uh, Kirk Casale. He got uh, another hit. He was, uh, Tucker Barnhart was uh, off today, being a day game after night game. So naturally, Kirk Casale is going to start this game. So your three base hits were Matt Kemp, Suarez, and Kirk Caselli. Now, there's no errors in this game besides the balk, if you want to call that error. It's not an error. I'm not even remotely saying it was an error. It was a balk, but defense was pretty good. Castillo, brilliant. Uh, I got high hopes for uh, Luis Castillo. I think Luis Castillo is going to be uh, Mario soto S this year. I just hope that uh, he keeps on getting more efficient, doesn't waste pitches, doesn't walk four batters a game. Because I'll tell you what, on those nine strikeouts, eight strikeouts came on the change. Who struck out uh, against not the change? That would be Freddy Peralta on a slider. I think that was uh, in the third inning. So, uh, like I said... Luis Castillo was nothing short of brilliant. Nothing short of brilliant. And um, the only problem was, Freddie Peralta just had this team um, off balance. Brilliant performance today. I feel like I've said brilliant as much as I've said ladies and gentlemen. But that's what we're dealing with. But no matter what, Peralta's 22 years old. The Reds shouldn't have this kind of problem Offensively, and that's why they got to fix that outfield rotation. They can't deploy it anymore. They got to choose what to do. Earlier, I said they need to put Peraza in center, Dietrich at second, Iglesias at short until Nick Senzel gets back to healthy, goes to the minors, plays two, three weeks, a month, gets back in action, comes up. They need to deploy him at shortstop, not center field. But I've come up with a new idea uh, since then. I really feel that they got to make a decision. The front office has to make a decision. They have to say, who's going to be our left fielder? Who's going to be our center fielder? And how are we going to do this? So I don't like this. This is not perfect. But with the roster, the way it's built, the Reds need to send a reliever down to the minors, Wandy Peralta has options. You already got three left-handers in the bullpen, as I've said over and over and over again. So Wandy Peralta should be optioned. You need to bring up Phil Irvin. And this is what I would do. This is how I would fix the offense, ladies and gentlemen. You got to start Jesse Winker in left. Start Puig in center. And you know what? He's got a great arm. It's a better arm for right field. And he's not going to cover as much ground as you want in center field. It's going to be... Chu esque. Remember, uh, Chu? He wasn't a brilliant center fielder either. Didn't have as, didn't even have a twenty five percent as good arm as Puig has. Maybe Puig could have caught the runner at uh, home today. Maybe, probably. Aguilar was slow, but that's not the point. I'm not, I'm not even saying. I'm not even saying put Puig in center field to get Aguilar at home. What I'm saying is, Matt Kemp is offensive player. Winker's an offensive player. Puig's an offensive player. They've got to get Shebbler. And the reason I think shebler has got to sit the bench, because I don't think you can trade him anymore. At the onset of this season, plenty of teams, like I said, needed an outfielder. Cleveland. They've already signed some outfielders. Toronto Blue Jays needed outfielders. Actually, they needed corner outfielders. They traded Pilar to get, uh, I think, Dalton Pompey out there in the center field. But... That's not the point. The point is, plenty of teams needed an outfielder this spring. Reds had Shebler. But for some unknown reason, this front office thinks that Shebler can play center field. And in fact, I hate to even talk about this, but Jesse Winker was in right field today. And if you know me, you know I love Jesse Winker, but he's not a right fielder. He is a left fielder. And I know I get on these tangents about he's a left fielder, he's a left fielder, he's a left fielder. But... We've covered this enough. These guys are left fielders. You know, now Puig is a right fielder because he's got a great arm. But I think moving forward to fix this offense, you send Peralta down. It's inevitable you're going to have injury in the bullpen, so he'll be back up sooner or later. And you deploy Jesse Winker in left, Puig in center, and Matt Kemp in right. That's going to fix the offense. It's going to get those three guys playing every day. Now, Puig is not going to be an ideal center fielder. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, he's going to be just as good or better than Scott Schubler. And Scott Schubler may have a chance to contribute off the bench. And this is why I want to say this. Scott Schubler can hit a fastball. Scott Schubler needs to be able to recognize one of two pitches. And I think if you use Scott Schubler as a pinch hitter late in games against a two-pitch pitcher, a bullpen reliever, let's say a right-handed reliever, and you got your pitcher coming up, you bring in Scott Shepard, left-handed batter, pitch recognition. You know, a lot of relievers, just so you know, uh, maybe we don't have a lot of, you know, uh, maybe some of the people listening to this are casual, but a lot of relievers that go to the bullpen are because they only really have command of two pitches or only have two pitches. I mean, some have three. I'm not saying every reliever doesn't have only but one or two pitches, but here's the point. If Scott Shebler knows that he's going to come up as a pinch hitter, he's going to be looking dead red fastball. Most of these relievers out there are slider, fastball, fastball, slider, curveball, fastball, fastball, curveball, two-pitch pitchers. And if you have that pitcher and that matchup, and you bring out Shebler to pinch hit for a pitcher, you know Scott Shebler has a better chance of pitch recognition to get his fastball. Now, I don't think Shebler going up to the plate three or four times a game is going to work anymore. Because uh, they just got a game plan against him. You know, and he's... I, I just feel that if you want this team to work and you want Shebbler on this roster, that that's what you need to do. And then when um, Sinzel gets up, that's when I firmly believe that you have to deploy him at shortstop. And uh... You can have Jose Praza playing at second until Jeanette gets back. And then hopefully, and I don't want to say this in the wrong way, an injury might happen or a team might need an outfielder and you got shot Shebler swinging the bat good off the bench. Maybe they trade for uh, Shebler and um, open up another roster spot. But uh, the biggest thing is is that the Reds need to make a decision and stick with it and stop fooling around with – with this outfield man rotation, outfield man rotation, man, bear pig, South Park reference. They got to stop this outfield rotation and they got to deploy Winker, Puig, and Kemp and Wright. And the other thing I I wasn't able to say because I'm so discombobulated is the reason we're going to send down Peralta, in my opinion, is you bring up Phil Urban and uh, like I said, Puig is not a conventional center fielder. He's not well, he's way better than Shubler. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not say that. But late in games, you do a double switch, pull Kemp out, move Puig to right, and you bring and and Phil Overton comes in and plays center field late in games, eighth inning, ninth inning, whatever the case may be. And that's how this Reds team can turn this thing around and actually have an offensive uh, chance off the bench with Shubler coming in to face right-handed pitchers. Now, you're always going to have the chance that the other manager will bring a left-hander in to face Shevler. That's just what you got to deal with, you know. But I think Shevler facing relievers that are throwing fastballs and heat, he's going to contribute better. He's going to get on base better. He's going to hit home runs, going to hit doubles. I'm not saying he's going to hit three fifty or even three hundred as a pinch hitter. Well, what I'm saying is he's going to connect on a lot more baseballs because 0-3 with three strikeouts isn't getting it done. Ladies and gentlemen, so uh, three good things from today. Well, Castillo, I'm just going to say that, brilliant again. Uh, Amir Garrett came in, did his job, struck out a batter. Uh, Jared Hughes, uh, they've kind of finally did what I said they needed to do, bring him in in games where uh, the uh, bases were cleaned. Get him in there, get his sinker going, as I've said before, a sinker pitcher a little bit more tired sink has a little bit more sink, and is more effective so um man, three hits there's not anything really to be positive about that uh three bad things uh three hits <laughs> no runs um that Scott Shelboard throw was uh awful could uh now Castillo bared down after that really showed a lot of poise. And um, I think we have uh, absolutely good things coming from Castillo. I just hope they can go out there and he gets more efficient. And, you know, I'm hoping he can give this team 170, 180 innings this year. And uh, more times than not, if he pitches into the seventh inning, he'll have more wins and losses at the end of the year. And for you people that are so into uh, – Saber metrics and say wins don't matter. Wins matter. In fact, wins matter for starters because it shows how long the starter sat in there to, to accumulate that win. And if a starter is accumulating 15, 18, 20 wins, that tells you something about that starter. So, anyway, I don't want to get off on that tangent. That's for a Red Line episode and not a game recap. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, tomorrow, the Reds will be in the Steel City. And uh, Male gets his first start of the year. Now, I am really excited about Malé. Um The Reds have mishandled him as they've mishandled Robert Stevenson, Amir Garrett, Russell Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen in the rotation over these years, picking the likes of Jason Marquise over Iglesias and Lorenzen, bumping them to the bullpen. Mollet has experienced this. He's been to the bullpen. He's been to AAA they have got to let mole pitch 25 starts 28 starts if it gets into september and he's got 150 160 innings and they want to say okay hey man let's we're going to shut you down that's how you do it you don't skip him in the rotation you don't put him in the bullpen you don't you don't demote him to triple a you let him get his starts and at the end of the season when you're at a Innings increase, or innings limit, that's when you say, okay, we're going to shut you down, uh, young pitcher, rung rookie pitcher. That's what they should have done with Lorenzen, with Iglesias, Garrett. But instead, they moved him to the bullpen, put him in Triple A for Jason Marquises of the world. It's a joke. So uh, hopefully, uh, Tyler Molle, Throw six innings tomorrow. I'm hoping. Hey, this Pittsburgh Pirates, as we know, talked about it in the uh opening day uh review and uh, the opening day game recap. I didn't mean review, I mean preview. The Pittsburgh Pirates are not an offensive juggernaut. Malay, this will be perfect. I think Malay, hopefully, he can get in there. Six innings. I am hoping he has less hits than innings pitched. Can't promise that's gonna happen, but I'm hoping Malay can get a quality start, 300 runs or less. I'm really hoping Malay locates his pitches. I don't want to see more than one or two walks. And uh, if Malay just locates like he can, he's going to rack up some strikeouts. And I don't mean he's going to rack up, like, you know, 250 strikeouts. I'm saying he's going to rack up, you know, if he pitches six innings, hopefully he'll get seven, eight Ks. So... Anyways, to make a longer story short, this Pittsburgh uh, series is going to be kind of a reboot for the season for the Reds, in my opinion. But they got to start now. They got to dump this uh, outfield rotation. They got to bring up Irvin to play center field late in games, and they got to and they got to let these guys Kemp Winker play every day. And, uh, you know, if there's a right-handed pitcher in there, and you want to give Kemp a day off, and I'm going to say this, you know, you can throw Shubbler out there in right field, which he's not a right fielder, but if Kemp needs a day off against a tough righty, and you want to bring in Shubbler, Shubbler gets a spot start here and there. But I think Scott Shubbler will be better off coming off the bench, being able to, do the pitch selection, as I said against relievers throwing heat, and the Reds probably can produce more runs. The more times the more at-bats, more plate appearances, Winker and Kemp get, the better their numbers are going to be, and the more they're going to wear out opposing pitchers, and it's going to have a domino effect down the lineup. So do I have any final thoughts? I think I've covered it about every game recap. Uh, let's hope that they try this maneuver. And, and I, the maneuver doesn't work unless they bring up Irvin. they got they got to send out a reliever, and they got to bring up Irvin to deploy the Winker, Puig, Kemp outfield. And I'm all for that outfield this year. You know, if you're not going to trade Kemp for uh, Grinky, if you're not going to trade Kemp for anybody, if you're not going to reallocate that salary to a position of need and not have three left fielders, you gotta deploy that outfield that way, and I'm and just so you know, I was totally against that outfield being deployed because that has been brought up in Res Nation Number Forty One Ninety Two several times. Hey, let's play Winker and left Puig and center and Kemp uh, and right, and I was the first person to say, "Hey, man, Puig's not gonna be great in center field." But here we are with a front office that apparently doesn't like a depth chart. So let's hope that uh. Moving forward, they make these decisions to go forward. Oh, and I want to say one more thing about Dallas Keichel. I was doing a little spring cleaning in the Reds line podcasts, and uh, I had said earlier before the uh, season started that I suggested they bring in Dallas Keuchel. And then a couple days ago or yesterday, I said don't sign Dallas Keuchel. And the reason being is is as follows: uh, I've seen it, you know, several times with relievers, Greg Holland, other. Uh, Steven Drew, and other position players. But I think on a pitcher, it would be similar. I just don't think it's a great idea for them to bring in Keuchel at this point in the season and him be this far behind the eight ball as far as no spring training. Now, he did pitch a simulated game, and I think they said he got stretched out to seven innings or something, and he threw 90 or 100 pitches. I cannot remember which. It was... uh, in Major League Baseball trade rumors. And I just was like, you know what? They just need to roll with what they got unless they're going to trade for a Grinky or a Kluber. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, I just feel like he's going to take up too much time. He's going to not, you know, be fully ready to rock. And, you know, he is a veteran. He's 31. So it's not like he's going to need a lot of tuning up. But I still believe that because we're in the season... Um, they just need to go, unless, hey, unless they can get rid of Disco. Now, y'all are going to be on me because of this, but I'm telling you, Disco's a reliever. He did pitch, you know, great, five innings, 89 pitches, but, uh, I think he struck out eight, but, uh, I'm just telling you, the guy is, uh, not a guy that's going to last a season, in my opinion. Now, if he does, I'll eat crow. That's fine, but, uh. Back to Dallas Keiko, I don't think it's, a, yeah, it's the right answer. I think it'll cause too many problems, and they'll try and fit him in. And, you know, maybe by middle of May, he's uh more than effective. But I um, just wanted to clarify that up. And uh, what's my predictions for uh, tomorrow? Um, I think the Reds, you know what? I think the Reds are going to win. And that's another thing. Everybody thinks I'm negative. I'm not negative. I'm just calling balls and strikes. You know, when an umpire calls a ball a ball, it's obviously a ball. It's not because he's negative. It's because it's a ball. And I'm just telling you the balls and the strikes of the Cincinnati Reds situation. So, uh, back to my prediction. Uh, Tomorrow, I believe the Reds are going to uh, win. I believe the offense is going to score some runs. And, um... Yeah, it's Jordan Lyles uh pitching for the uh, Pirates. And I'm just hoping that the Reds can start putting the ball in play. That's the most important thing. And uh, on these walks, and pitch, pitch offensively, you know, even the Milwaukee Brewers, even though the Reds got Derek Johnson, their old pitching coach, and now the Brewers have Chris Hook, former minor league Cincinnati Red, broke Broke up with, or uh, not broke up. Yeah, he broke up with the San Francisco Giants. Actually broke into the majors with the San Francisco Giants. He's now their new pitching coach. You know, the Brewers are kind of doing it right, you know. They're letting the defense play behind them. Letting the uh, balls fall where they may. And uh, pitching in the strike zone. Locating, locating, locating. And it's all a game plan. It's all a uh, pitch selection and... And I think the Reds need to do some more of that. Now Castillo is brilliant; his changeup is probably going to get him in the All Star game this year, and uh, that's going to be awesome. But they still got to locate a little bit better. Let's let let's let's reel in these uh, pitch counts, and let's let some of these hitters, you know, run the bat into the ball in a quarter of the plate. That does not let them get good wood on the baseball, and they don't have a barrel-up effect. So I believe that the Reds need to let these pitchers stay more in the strike zone. Don't try and get these batters to chase as much. You know, limit the pitch counts, because that's the only way they're going to get in the 6th and 7th inning. Castillo was at 107 pitches today, as I, as I said, and um, that's his second start of the year. He doesn't need to be throwing 107 pitches over seven innings. Now that's probably the max you'd like to be at around 100 over seven. That's okay. 100 over eight, really 90 a seven was better. That's what I'm talking about. You got to be a little bit more efficient with these pitches. So, uh, anyways. Back to my prediction, I'm going to say the Reds are going to win. I'm going to say the Reds are going to win 11 to 3. There's no way these bats can stay this silent, but I will tell you what. If they keep this uh, outfield rotation going, you can you can expect more of the same. But I believe tomorrow after this embarrassing sweep, I believe some of those guys are going to be like, "Hey man, I'm I've got to just Watch that baseball into the strike zone and attack it. And I think once these guys get teeing off, it'll be great. And uh, hopefully, we'll get some wins. Season's not over. Uh, It is, you know, sweep and two shutouts over the first five games is not ideal. But it is what it is. And uh, I think we're going to wrap up Reds' line. And wait, this isn't even a Reds Line. This is a Reds Line game recap. So, I'm going to wrap up this edition of Reds Line, the game five recap. And uh, we're going to see you guys uh, hopefully tomorrow night. Hopefully, we have a better game recap for you. And uh, I just hope that Tyler Molley goes out there and gives a quality start, which. If you don't know what a quality start is, that's six innings, allowing three runs, three earned runs or less. Nolan Ryan and Curtis Schilling would laugh at that, but that's not the point. That's a new thing for value on starting pitching now. So here's hoping that the Reds' bats break out and my prediction of 11 runs comes true tomorrow. Thank you for listening and good night, Reds Nation.